0: working on things that you say matter to you matters. So doing things like your monthly assignment and figuring out what matters to you and making progress towards those things. I think that matters. I think that makes a world of difference. I think that makes your taking active steps towards the person you want to be and the things you want to do is just it's it's a lot of work, but it's just very life giving work that will bring you to a place where you want to be.
1: Welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin Vandevin. I'm a millennial and mother trying to build the place in the world that's made for me, while fighting burnout, living intentionally, and embracing gratitude, even when I'm grumpy. Here on Medium Lady Talks, we visit the topics and practical tips that will help you maximize self-discovery and minimize self-judgment so you can finally get momentum, building the life you know is possible, in this post-pandemic world. On this podcast, you can expect we'll get deep while having fun. And whether you're burnt out like a dog in a dumpster fire or celebrating your best life daily, you'll find the conversations, prompts, and tools I know will be helpful on your own personal healing journey. So stay tuned for my deep dive solo shows and interview episodes with dear friends and expert guests. Together, we'll make sure you have what you need to build the place in the world that's made for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's jump in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks. I'm your host, Erin, and this is episode 87. Today we're talking all about to-do lists, but not just any to-do list. We're talking about the aspirational to-do list, which is a very particular kind of list that I'm sure you can relate to. And I'm really excited because... I have a very special guest today, someone who hasn't been on the podcast in, I don't know, maybe 60 or so episodes, a very dear friend of mine, Stephanie Cunningham. Stephanie, welcome back to the show. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Stephanie, you were on the show. I think it was episode 23, but I didn't check the receipts. I should have looked it up before we started, but I haven't. (laughs) Season one guest Stephanie talked all about like the interest of realness and bringing authenticity to what you share on social media. That's a great episode. We'll link it in the show notes. But Stephanie, uh, how have you been? What is going on? Oh, you know, crazy as ever. Um,
0: I can't remember, I should have gone back and listened to what I said my bio was like, what was my little like phrase about myself when we recorded last, but I'm currently moved in with my parents, we sold our house moved in with my parents. So we're doing generational living. We, my husband and I have bought an accounting firm. And so we run an accounting firm doing bookkeeping and taxes and accounting for small businesses and nonprofits. And yeah, I'm doing a lot of contracting work for communications and marketing and design all while I homeschool my kids and just share the chaos of it all online. And so you feel like you're not alone when, you know, your life is a mess, because I'm a mess too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are not a mess. You are so wholehearted and open and warm about what's working for you. And I love how much you share because I think even the the way that you position, you know, I, I've i I moved in with my parents. We sold our home we, to buy a business. We've made this choice to intentionally live intergenerationally, it's a very, like, positive. You are an extremely positive person. Thanks. I try. (laughs) Not always. (laughs) Well, I know you try. And I think that that's an important thing, too, for people to know is that the people who appear to be positive all the time, it's probably because they're working at it. Mm, It's not necessarily that they have just got the special sauce. Yes. Yes.
0: Preach. It takes a lot of work. It's a real, like, exercise and joy and positivity and gratitude like it's called an exercise for a reason because like you really do have to work at it it doesn't always come naturally
1: Mm -hmm. so stephanie i would love to give the internet or the listeners our origin story but i don't remember it (laughs) we found each other on instagram very early in my medium lady journey maybe within the first three months yeah i think so possibly less like my first couple of posts i think you and I, our friendship predates the podcast, Mm -hmm. predates like we're going on four years now. And the only reason I know that is because medium lady will turn four next month. So, but that being said is like, you are one of my best friends. We talk pretty much every day. Every day. I feel like I am totally wrapped up in your like day to day (laughs) life and your routines. I am invested. And I think that's like a really special thing. I definitely don't think that I quite had that before you came along in my life and now I have it with other people which is really special too so you're you're the OG internet bestie just so you know I love it I'll wear that badge proudly <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today I've called it the aspirational to-do list and maybe we'll just kind of set the stage for what is an aspirational to-do list It's not going to be the thing that you brain dump and say, all right, listen, there's just a lot of stuff that has to get done, and I'm just going to write it all down and cross it off.
0: Yeah, this is not the, like, do your laundry, feed your children, make the dentist appointment type of to-do list.
1: You put feed your children on the to-do list? Listen, sometimes you got to be reminded. (laughs) That's why you're the perfect guest for this conversation. So what's the difference between your run-of-the-mill to-do list, and the aspirational to-do list.
0: Yeah, the aspirational to-do list for me is like all of those things that you save when you're on Instagram or Facebook. And I'm totally curious to see if like the personality types of people come out in this. Like does everybody do this or is this just Mm. a like oldest child bossy big sister thing where I look at something come across my feed and I'm like, I could do that. I could bake those cookies. I could make yeah. those pumpkin shaped breads. I could decorate like that. I could make that gift. Um, and you tuck it away for later and you're like, you save it somewhere and you're like, yes, I want to do that someday. Someday I will do all of these crafts and all of these recipes and all of these things. And I don't, yeah, it's kind of like an empowering, like, yeah, I believe I can. And so I tuck it away for later and maybe I will and maybe I won't. <laughs>
1: I think you nailed it. I think that's exactly what it is. And maybe we should talk a little bit about personality types because you and I have talked off and on about an idea that I think we're trying to crystallize and maybe we'll get closer as we talk through this conversation. But I don't know if you remember this and I didn't prep you for it in the the 40 seconds of show prep that we did. There's people who see something and they either want to do it or they don't want to do it. They think they can do it or they think they can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so if you imagine like a two by two grid of people who want to do things and think they can do them, that's to my mind where the aspirational to do list sits in my life. Yeah. But I do think there's also another personality type, which is the want to do it, but think or believe they can't Mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. And that's a different kind of feeling. But I don't know that those folks put those things on an aspirational to do list, because when I put something like the cookie recipe the creative reel that sounds cool, the podcast episode that I'm sp- I'm inspired to use as inspiration for future content. That's all because I believe that I can do it in the right. future. So I want to keep it set aside for when I'm yeah, when I'm ready. Same. I'm wondering
0: too, if there's a different group of people and I think this is so beautiful that like sees it and just appreciates it for what it is and says that's beautiful. I could probably do it. I have no business doing it. Like, not my business. Like, I don't care. I'm gonna see how beautiful it is. I'm gonna let it float on by. And I'm not gonna tuck it away for a later, like, maybe I could do that. And so I just I think that is beautiful, too. And so I just it just makes me curious, like how different people approach it.
1: I am not that person. I don't live in that quadrant. (laughs) Same. (laughs) I envy that quadrant. I envy that person. Yes, I really do. Because I think that what we're going to talk about a little bit more is sometimes the toxicity of that aspirational to-do mm, list. Mm-hmm. So, tell us a little bit more about you and like where your self-development like experience and expertise comes from cuz you know, we are very dear friends. That that's all you really need to become a guest on the show, <laughs> but you do have <laughs> you do really come with a pretty great track record of understanding what helps people get from A to B. What Uh, motivates and allows people to uh, pursue life with a sort of aspirational point of view
0: yeah um When right after Craig and I got married, we moved overseas with a global nonprofit and we ran student centers for college students. And our whole goal was to put on um, emotional intelligence seminars and coaching for them of just, you know, how to do basic things that you don't get training to do. And while you're in college, you get to learn math and English and all this stuff, but you don't learn how to present yourself, how to make a calendar, how to write a resume, how to take feedback or give feedback and all these Mm. things that go into, you know, just emotional intelligence and processing your emotions. And um, so we did a lot of training, a lot of seminars that we put on that, and just a lot of one on one coaching, where we got to try out a lot of stuff. And so I I'm just such a like it goes along with this to do list. I'm just a collector of ideas and things. And I hear an idea and I say, Oh, I want to try that. And I try it out. And either I try it or somebody I'm coaching tries it and we see if it works, we take the good parts, and then we move on to the next thing. And we try things out and we take the good parts and we move on to the next thing. And there's something so fun about that about crafting, you know, the, the perfect thing that works, you know, the perfect system that works for that person in that season. And so I think it's something I took with me. And then I went into was doing some health and fitness coaching and doing some just other things where personal development was built into my schedule and my life and did a lot of high performance coaching and just got to really sit and listen under some really wise people. And yeah, at the joy of it all for me was taking the the nuggets and the good parts and saying, okay, this would work. And yeah, and tucking that away and make, you know, formulating little plans. And so it's fun to to craft and to hone and to practice and to yeah, try it out and see what works and run with what does.
1: So hopefully today, what listeners can gather is this sort of idea of maybe you're putting words to that aspirational to do list. Maybe you, you do what Stephanie and I do. um, But you maybe you've never called it an aspirational to do list before. And maybe actually that Sensation of collecting and putting ideas away for another time can also sometimes become how we get in our own way. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of like dabble too much mm-hmm. in adding things to the to-do list and not enough on the action mm-hmm. or the growth-oriented side of what the whole purpose of that aspirational to-do list is. Stephanie, I'm curious right now, what would you say are like the top three things on your aspirational to-do list?
0: My aspirational to-do list, okay. I think it's funny because I think a lot of the things right now on my aspirational to-do list are like, I don't know if I can put a name on it. It's like undoing. It's more of like not doing rather than to doing. Um, it's a lot of like slowing down and waiting. So um, something I put on there recently was do more cooking our meals with the kids. Yeah. And that – Takes so much time like that is not a quick get dinner on the table that is a that's a process and a slowing down and a making time and a carving out Um, and so I do want to do some more slowing and taking out and in areas like that But then on the other side, there's part of me that I've told you a million times every time we send recipes back and forth on reels. I'm like, I'm adding that to my next project, which is (laughs) my to do list, like do all of these things like I need to do a series about actually working through all of my recipes that I've saved and printing out the good ones and deleting all the bad ones. And so
1: yeah, yeah. That
0: sounds fun to me. Like to just weed yeah. through them all and try them all out and take the internet along with me while I do it. Uh, so, those are the two that come to my mind right now.
1: The one of the things that we really bonded over was Delgona coffee yes. early on in the pandemic. <laughs> and I know that we were like, okay, we're trying this again. The first time it was like poison, coffee poison. <laughs> the second time we figured it out. Now it's super delicious. Um and I feel like uh I will send you I will send you Delgona coffee adjacent yeah recipes and I always am like it would be so fun to just hop on live with Steph once every two months and be like you know Medium Lady eats or Medium Lady yes. cooks or whatever and just like make Delgona coffee live and be like wow that was okay so it looks different and tastes different <laughs> than it seemed like it was going to but I'm totally with you because I think the way that you just described that, like, I want to hack my way through this aspirational to do list, especially from like a food, food making point of view, and bring the internet along with me that I would fully subscribe to, but I have, it makes me think of people who are like, I'm decluttering my house (laughs) one area at a time, (laughs) come along with me on day three of (laughs) day 75 of my underwear drawer. (laughs) And I'm like, that doesn't hit the the aspirational (laughs) to-do list for me. But if you're like, here's day 75 of me cooking through all of the recipes I've saved in 2023, I would be like, next recipe, please. (laughs) Next. Again, more, please. Like, Like, subscribe. I find that. Yeah. (laughs) I find that really satisfying. But I think, too, there's also this fine kind of magical balance about the aspirational to-do list potentially never happening. There is a sort of fantasy mm-hmm. element to it. So maybe we'll put, let's put pause on that. Just we can circle back to that in a second. So the things that I have on my aspirational to-do list right now are to start a Patreon. Mm-hmm. I've had that on my to-do list probably for a year. Yeah, I don't think I will start one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> maybe 2024. <laughs> I thought for sure 2023 would be the year. But it's, no, we're not going to do that. I've, I've taken it off. But it's that aspirational, mm-hmm. like, Hmm, how else could I offer value to the, the community? How else could I build and create community within Medium Lady Talks and, and add value in a way that uh, brings people closer together through something like a Patreon?
0: Can I ask you a question about that one? Yeah. Please do. Do you think... And in in at least this one, maybe not your whole entire aspirational to do list. Is it a, I truly want to do this, or is that a, I should do this? Like, is the Patreon like the next, like, I should in, in this, you know, next step of the podcast progression, or is this a, that would be fun, that would bring joy, that sounds like something I want to do, I just haven't got around to doing it?
1: So, a thousand percent, that is one of the key components that we should circle back to again and again, because, <laughs> Have I asked myself that question? Yes. And earlier on around April, May, right before I launched Medium Lady Reads with Jillian O'Keefe, I the answer to that was no. So I did feel like I should do it. It did not bring joy. It did not feel like something. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the idea has not been put to rest in my mind. Right. And putting it down, Because initially, Medium Lady Reads was sort of my, like, initial dabble into potential Patreon content. And then as Jillian and I conceptualized it, really wasn't where we wanted to go. It wasn't aligned with our values. Mm -hmm. But it's still something that continues to kind of, like, show up as, like, I have ideas of things that I would do if I had a Patreon. So maybe that's, like, that's, like aspiration 2.0 is there's mm-hmm. like sub items within the aspirational The contract will help you get to the things that you want yeah. to do <laughs> yeah maybe so maybe so 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 that's one of the things and then the other thing is to decorate my son's room which is a joke because <laughs> you and i did i don't even know three years <laughs> yes. ago we we walked our way through this fun exercise called ask me in three months and i wanted you to ask me in three months if I decorated Beckett's room, yeah. Did you paint
0: the mural on, on his? I
1: did not paint the mural, but I still think I could. I still, <laughs> I still feel really bad about this kid's bedroom, and I'm gesturing because he's like right next door right now. So that's also the other joke is like maybe it comes down to that other question: like, is that something that would bring you joy? Is that something that's an immediate yes? And I think, I think personally in my own, I think you're better at this. Um, I think that sometimes my personal barometer gets a little muddied because Mm -hmm. i can tend towards achievement Mm -hmm. i can tend towards like what's going to be evidence of my success as a mom Mm -hmm. as a human being as a wife you know like what is going to prove to me and to others that i'm doing okay that i'm doing a good job and so that achievement instinct in me sometimes can get muddled on the aspirational to-do list and that can be trouble for me that can be a bit of quicksand What do you think is the general importance of to-do lists and why does that stem off into this aspirational? So let's get back to that sort of like fantasy mindset or this like ideal or this like I'll be happy when type of, you know, chasing the dream kind of thing. Because when you were coaching or when you were, you know, in that in that previous chapter of your life, teaching someone about the use of a to-do list, it's a very practical functional task Mm -hmm. it's a functional skill to be able to do why do the two sort of like i guess maybe what i'm saying is not just like an aspirational dream we both identify with the word list Mm -hmm. yeah like we see these things as items they're all collected in the same place Mm -hmm. it's not like oh i have a dream of this and then over here in this other tangential area i have another dream in my mind all of my aspirations in terms of the aspirational to-dos they exist in the same place in my mind palace yeah, I think, gosh, I'm trying to decide
0: which direction to go because I think so many Sorry, things. that
1: was a very layered question, but just just pick a direction. <laughs>
0: I think the aspirational to-do list does the same thing that a regular to-do list does for my brain. And it gives me freedom. And it, oh. because, and it gives me, literally, it gives my brain the space that it needs because I've gotten it all out onto the list. I've said, I said, I'm not responsible for remembering this anymore. It's there when I need it. Mm -hmm. And it gives me the freedom to say, hey, when I have time to dream, when I have time to play, when I have time to do and to enjoy, it's there and it's waiting for me. Like I've given Mm -hmm. myself permission that like, hey, Mm -hmm. this this list this that I've curated is over here. And whenever you're ready to dabble in it, it's there. Like you have your Mm -hmm. ideas set up for you. And it's almost like this permission slip to like, hey – your funds here when whenever you're ready for it, it's there, it's waiting for you. And it just takes the pressure off of your brain to have to, to remember any of it. And so it gives you yeah the freedom to just be able to enjoy it, but also not have to remember it.
1: But the regular to-do list does the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you chose the word freedom because that's not a word I would have chosen. Mm-hmm. But it is a sort of like safety. It's a feeling for me. It's a feeling of safety. So when I know that I've categorized those aspirational items, I can, I've can i kept them all in mm-hmm. the same place. I mean, I think that place is sort of cognitive. It's not necessarily like a piece of paper, although I have like saved Right, yeah. Like the Pinterest boards and the things Mm -hmm. like that's very – and actually Pinterest in and of itself has really capitalized on the aspirational to-do list that we're all, you know, really like magpies for these ideas on the internet and Mm -hmm. keeping them all in the same place. So for me, it's a sense of safety. It's a sense that, like – I dream of big things, and what if I forget those dreams? What if Mm -hmm. they just kind of fly and flap away, or they move on to the next person who's ready to action them? It makes me feel safe that I know where those ideas are. I know where those recipes are. Mm -hmm. I know where those podcast episodes or those books I want to read, I know where they can all go. So as to what you said, when I have time to dream, when I have time to play, when I have time to get into that growth mindset, I know where to go. I have Mm -hmm. a place to start. And that feels really safe and comforting to me. Yeah. I think sometimes though, when we think
0: about things in terms of to-do lists, like we can feel like we're very captive to that. Like this is something I have to do.
2: Like it's waiting
0: for me and I have to check it off. Like a to-do list is there to get checked off of. And so when I think about an aspirational to-do list, like I don't feel that same captivity towards it that I do my, Mm. you know, everyday free, you know, to-do list. When I think of my aspirational to-do list, I think of just giving me some boundaries. So my brain is just not running wild and free. And that's like actually a gift to my brain. You know, I've collected Mm -hmm. and curated this list of things that I might want to do someday, and it's there for me when I need it. And then like, when that time comes, and I'm ready to do something creative, I'm not like floundering around going, Oh, what do I do? Like, I have all these things that I'm like, Oh, this is where I want to kind of walk towards and move towards and, and work towards. And so it gives me my brain freedom. And that kind of sense that I'm not captive to it, but it's given me a a framework to work within, mm. and that framework is a gift. That boundary is a gift. Like we all, we often tell um, the story when we're talking about children and needing to give boundaries to them about, you know, if you have a dog and you put him out in the backyard, and there's no backyard. He's not safe to run around and you know be free because he could run into the street and get hit by a car. he could run away and never come back. but once you put a fence around that yard, he can run mm-hmm. as free as he wants and so the that like that boundary isn't really like confining him as much as it is giving him freedom and safety and making him feel like he has a safe place to run and so that's kind of how I feel about my aspirational to-do list. It's like it's giving my brain this little tiny framework to work within and being like, okay when you want it, it's there and you don't have to pursue the world. You pursue this little spot, like these things that you've curated and kept and had ideas towards and have started walking towards.
1: I thought of so many things that have come (laughs) up um, routinely in my own like personal development journey on Medium Lady. The first of which is you know, I really have been trying to encourage people to plan mm-hmm. how to do those things, to mm-hmm. plan – and I've never really connected it to the aspirational to-do list before, but when I encourage people to do this monthly reflection and to think about monthly, what are you stepping into, what are you anticipating with joy, so that you can look back and also – relive mm-hmm. with intention those moments that were really like all about you and who you are. And and the reason that's important to do month over month for me is that I get to know myself better and better and better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what you're talking about is about where you can go to experience all of those things in a way that is not about being captive, but mm-hmm. about it's really just For you. And when I say, you know, the place in the world that's made for you, like your aspirational to do list literally can be the place in the world that's made for you, made for you, by you, so long as you pay really close attention to a couple of tricky, yeah, tricky emotional and cognitive barriers. When we think about our practical to do lists, there's often a sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. Many of the things on my own to do list are time bound meaning like they have to get done by a certain time or they'll sort of expire and fall off of the to-do list. Mm -hmm. Other things on my to-do list are about other people. They're Mm -hmm. not about me. Feeding your children, doing the laundry, like these are the tasks that kind of keep our life on track. Do you ever, because I do, do you ever transplant those feelings into your aspirational to-do list? It sounds like you are in a very mindful space when it comes to like how you think about that.
0: I think I can. I think there's times when I'm like, oh, I should get around to X, Y, Z. But I try not to. Like, I try to carefully curate the things that I'm tucking away. And like, Mm -hmm. as I'm tucking them away, you know, saying like, is this a should or is this a want to, you know, and Mm -hmm. if it's a should, then I should probably just leave it off the list. But if it goes, you know, if I'm like, yes, I want to, then, you know it goes there. And so being careful about how I curate just meant like mentally and physically, what I'm putting over there and that like aspirational area is really helpful in that.
1: You've used the word curate a couple of times. In my mind, curation is sort of assessment of the total landscape and a selection and a letting go of Mm -hmm. things that might be beautiful, but don't add value to the collection. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: How do you do that? When do you do that? Is that pretty consistent. Is that sort of a like, as you ask yourself those meaningful questions? Because sometimes it's just like, wow, that looks delicious. And I just hit the save and I move on.
0: Yeah, I think I'm I know myself enough to know that like, if I if I wanted if I try to do it all, like then it will become overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so like, on the beginning side of it, looking at something and saying, Oh, that would be fun. That would be delicious. I should make that. Then it goes on, you know, but if I'm like, that, my kids would never eat that, I don't think it looks good, you know, like, then it doesn't go on. And so I don't know, keeping it limited on the beginning side of it helps a lot. And then I also go through because I ma- I do make monthly goals, and I make yearly goals and things like that. And, and if I have things that keep getting stuck on the list that I that don't get done, like, you know, you're talking about with the Patreon, I'm like, I just I try to be really good at reevaluating and saying, mm hmm you know, what's the holdup is some things we just have to do because we're adults, and it's part of our life. And it's part of our job. And like, sometimes I might just have to knuckle down and make the Patreon, you know, but if I'm talking about fun and joy, like, I don't want to be talking about knuckling down and having to do it. And so like, if I'm like, Oh, I really should bake that sourdough tonight. I'm like, Nope, not doing it. Mm (laughs)
1: Like, Yeah, yeah. And is there a cost to that?
0: To not doing things? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I think there's a cost to doing it if it's going to hurt your soul. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like, I'm doing this begrudgingly, then that's a higher cost to pay than the alternative. I don't know.
1: I think that something that we do a lot is we – maybe you don't, but I do, Peep is I overestimate the risk – Hmm. or I presume the penalty of not doing something to be higher than the penalty of doing it, or white-knuckling or knuckling down, you said. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, in a lot of ways, comes down to, like, a fear of failure. So my procrastination of some of the things on my aspirational to-do list are very much tied into, like, a fear of failure. So Mm -hmm. am I not pursuing the Patreon because I think the only person who will subscribe is my mom? (laughs) And that would feel... (laughs) Hi mom, that would feel like, you know, not the achievement that I'm aspiring to mm-hmm. with this thing that I have on my list. Yeah. You know, there's definitely just like with a real to-do list, you can procrastinate things on your to-do list just because they feel like they're coming, they come at a higher penalty than they really do, or they yeah. feel like, you know, it's that thing. It's like, I waited six months to make a phone call that took me 90 seconds. Yes. <laughs> you know? Um, and actually that made me think about your real about calling your representatives. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? People might watch that reel that you shared and say, oh, I aspire to be like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day I will also call my representatives.
0: I think that ties into, like, you were talking about the fear of failure. And, um, an author, like I follow his name's Jonathan Merritt. He always talks about things. He said, I would rather choose the possibility of failure over the possibility of regret. Like if I fail, like, okay, it doesn't really matter. But like the regret, like that will stay with me forever. And so that is kind of this week, I did make a reel about how it only takes a few minutes to call your representatives. And I'm like, it can be awkward, it can feel weird. And you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so there is that like fear of failure of like looking dumb, not knowing what you're talking about, and, you know, fumbling over your words, talking to a real life person and not an answering machine. And so you're <laughs> like, this could be bad. But like the possibility of regret is me looking back and saying like, oh, I, I, I should have spoken into this. Like I wasn't somebody who stood up and talked about what I you know, believed in and did everything I could. And I don't want to look back and be the person that didn't do everything I could. And so choosing the possibility of failure over the possibility of regret is just better because I don't want to look back with regret. Like if I fail, okay, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen? But if I regret it, like I have to live with that for a long time.
1: It's just, like, such an easy barometer of doing that curation that you were talking about in a really kind of loving way that still kind of speaks to the, like, achiever in my heart. I'm an Aries, I want to be a winner, you know? And I don't oversubscribe to astrology, but I feel like the older I get, I'm like, yeah, this is just, like, the space I want (laughs) to spend my time. So when I think about Beckett's room, for example... Do I think about it in the terms of like potential failure, like maybe the mural will look like hot garbage? I don't really think about it in those in those words. And if I think 40 years from now, would I regret that I never really like pulled Beckett's Room together? I don't think I would. I don't think I would. So maybe, you know, we're going to release a few things through this Mm -hmm. episode. Stephanie's going to help coach (laughs) me through letting go. I give you a permission slip to let go. But the Patreon, I do think I would. I do think I would. I do think I would regret it. Because I see it as an opportunity to add another level of community. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of fears of failure that are built into that aspiration as well. What about things like overwhelm or just pure time management that can be another huge challenge mm-hmm. when it comes to an aspirational to-do list is it's like yeah all i do is save things for another day mm-hmm. but that day never comes yeah um that part takes
0: you know some work i think there is some part of the to-do list that gives you like a place in a plan where you're like okay once i have the space. Here's the play. Here's the plan. You know, here's the things I'm going to tackle. But like making that space, I really have to habit stack it like mm. to something else. Like on Thursday nights, when Craig goes and plays video games with the guys, I will try a new recipe. You know, like I have to be really intentional about stacking that with something else until it becomes a habit and like really making the space to do the
1: things that I've said that I'm going to do. Can you unpack habit stacking for people Mm -hmm. who might have like heard that in the periphery? Yeah, definitely. Habit
0: stacking is just the idea that you are, it's easier to create a new habit or start a new routine if you're pairing it with something else that you already do. So if you, I'm trying to think of some examples of it, you know, every day when I brush my teeth and once I put my toothbrush down, then I pick up my phone and I call my mom, you know, if you're trying to work on calling your friends and family. So picking something that you do really well, you do routinely or regularly. Um, for me, it was a lot of times, the car line for picking up my kids on my way to picking up the kids, I will blah, blah, blah. And I would insert things there. Mm -hmm. Um, So finding things that you're already doing with regular rhythms, and then stacking the new thing and pairing it with that it just gives your brain a trigger to say, okay, now's when we do the thing. And then eventually you do the thing enough times that it becomes a habit on its own.
1: The best approximation of this, although I didn't do it on purpose, is when I do car gratitude. Mm, Yes. So I literally park my car, I reach for my phone, I record a brief message, I put my phone in my bag, I walk to the train and I upload to stories. And I didn't do that on purpose, but it is absolutely a daily gratitude practice that is completely connected to the moment I park my car in the train. Mm -hmm. When I don't park my car at the train parking Mm -hmm. lot, I actually have to really flex my muscle to even think about gratitude on those days when I don't take the train. So they're like intricately paired together. And that can be really, really beneficial. But I would also say is the thing that people don't say about habit stacking is I say, give yourself a year.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Give yourself a year because um, all the times that you pull off the stack or the pairing, there's going to also be times when you don't. And you have to get enough tries at it Mm -hmm. for it to really kind of become like those two things are the same thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Parking the car and doing gratitude are not separate activities in my brain. So we've talked about habits, habit stacking. What are some other strategies we might share for one another or in the context of like getting those aspirational to do lists off the to do list? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, no, before we even say that, let's let me ask you a question because I'm curious what you would say. (laughs) Do we even have to get that stuff off the list?
0: I don't think you have to. I think that goes back to like the shoulds, you know, that's like, Mm. I think working on things that you say matter to you matters. So doing things like your monthly assignment and figuring out what matters to you and making progress towards those things. I think that matters. I think that makes a world of difference. I think that makes your taking active steps towards the person you want to be and the things you want to do is just it's it's a lot of work, but it's just very life giving work that will bring you to a place where you want to be. Say that one more time. I think making intentional progress towards the things you want to do the person you want to be is a lot of work. But it's worth it to get, you know, towards the person that you want to be. And it'll bring you a lot of joy.
1: I think that's it. I think that that's, like, that is my number one message to anyone who comes across my content in life is, mm-hmm. like, that was the whole reason I came up with Medium Effort is you have to try. Mm-hmm. And it will be so meaningful to try to figure out what matters. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people say like, oh, start with what matters. And there was a period of my life where I was sort of like, I don't know. Right? It feels like it all matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It feels like it all matters. And if I were to choose one thing to matter more than the other things, then I would feel bad about that. And it really took intentional, effortful self-exploration and Mm -hmm. experimentation to figure fi- the figuring out what matters matters. Yes, That's yes, exactly what you said. Does. I just love that. That's why I made you repeat it.
0: <laughs> no, it matters and I think it just figure it brings you a lot of joy once you're you're focusing on the right things, but it takes you a lot of work to figure out what things you need to drop on the way there.
2: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: And so you're picking up all these ideas and along the way, and especially in a world of social media where we're having so much input of like, oh, she's doing that. Should I be doing that? Oh, that matters to them. Should that matter to me? Yeah. And sometimes the answer is yes, yes, that should matter to you. And you can, you know, and taking steps towards that will like greatly increase your quality of life. And sometimes it's like, no, like that's the thing and their season that is working for them and you don't need to pick it up, but it takes you picking it up and trying it for a while to say, Mm, no, didn't work for me. I'm going to put that one back down. And so it's a juggle. It's a constant juggle. You're, you know, and, but it, you figure out what you like to juggle and then you just get a lot more joy out of it. And you, you're throwing down all the things you don't want to juggle and, (laughs) but there's always juggling.
1: There's always juggling. Okay. So that is another thing that I think sometimes ends up on the aspirational list is the like, if this, then that. If I could just finally mm-hmm. uh, figure out a cleaning routine, mm-hmm. then I would have a clean home. And if I had a clean home, I would be a peaceful and serene human being. Yeah. Does that stuff clutter up your aspirational to-do list? Gosh, I oh, big am totally,
0: yeah, I totally am guilty of, like, falling into the if this, then, then. Like, yeah. if I could... Yeah, exactly. Figure out the perfect system, then my house would be clean. And if my house was clean, then I would have time for, you know, so much more things that I wanted to do, which, you know, some
1: of that is true. There's our like hopes and dreams and the things that sound fun and the things that feel like joy that end up on the aspirational to do list. Mm -hmm. Then there's also this sort of like fantasy self that lives on the to do list. And sometimes the fantasy self actually is like a little gremlin that needs to be excavated or needs to be um, evicted, rather, from the to-do list because what lives here is bringing joy,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: not what lives here is conditions by which
0: I can achieve joy. Yes. And so I think when we're looking at the aspirational to-do list as a fix-all and like this will like make my life better, then that's where it gets troublesome because then it becomes more of a chore and a finish line. If it's if we're looking at it as more of this will bring me joy and fun along the way, and there's not really a real finish line. I'm not like, you know, getting to perfection or arriving at this, um, then it's just joy that gets added in.
1: So maybe if I could summarize, I'm going to try to, is the things, the tips that we would give you if you're if you're this kind of person or if you've maybe been feeling a little bit bogged down. I think that's the position I'm in right now, Steph, is we're like, we're here, it's October, it's definitely fall, it's going to super definitely be winter um, very, very soon. And I feel like it's that closure on the summer because the summer is hella aspirational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that closure on the summer and this anticipation of a restful sort of rejuvenating period that's got me probably feeling like I've run out of time on my aspirational to-do list. So if we could just summarize some of the things that we think can help people navigate that cognitively, the first is to think about the things that feel conditional within your to-do list. It's like, if I do this, then I'll have something else. Mm-hmm. The, what you're looking for is if I'll do this, that will be fun. Yes. Basically- period. Period. Or that could be really cool, Mm -hmm. that general feeling, period. The other thing we talked about was to consider it an opportunity to explore what might matter Mm -hmm. to you, not necessarily to be the thing that gives you the answers about, you know, living up to your ideal or your perfect self. We also talked about um, that quote, which is about fear versus regret. Yeah, choosing the possibility of failure over the possibility of regret. Mm hmm. And then finally, I think we also talked a little bit about using the list as a way to find freedom within the boundaries of the possible, mm-hmm. because if everything is possible, then nothing is possible. Right. But when we have this aspirational to do list, it's the fence that keeps the dog safe. You know, mm-hmm. it's the it's a container for beauty, mm-hmm. but it is a container. Mm-hmm. It means it's not all kind of like sprawled all over the place. Right. Steph, you know, do you have any other what are some other sort of stories, you know, like you're so grounded and confident and wise beyond your years. But like, (laughs) were you always that way? What are the sort of like pivotal moments in your life where you always go back to the story of having postpartum depression with Beckett. And Mm -hmm. that really was a sort of like make or break moment for me. Mm -hmm. I had wanted to have a podcast for 10 years. And it was sort of like, I'm gonna do it now or I'm I'm going to be a shell of a person, Mm -hmm. like without this thing that was feeding my soul. What are the sort of pivotal moments along your own journey that helped you gain this clarity and wisdom?
0: I totally relate to your season of postpartum depression and, you know, finding your way out of that and, you know, figuring out what matters. During our time overseas, we had been overseas for probably six or eight years. And just the place we were living in and the team we were living in and all the circumstances, um, it was described to me as like, the we were basically doing overseas social work. And somebody said, that's a, as stressful as an inner city cop. And so we were just running on adrenaline all the time in our second culture, in our second language. And I went through a series of uh, like a time of clinical burnout. Like I was mm-hmm. having adrenal fatigue and I was like, my brain was not being able to connect thoughts because I had literally burned the synapses in my brain and they couldn't connect thoughts because I had been running on adrenaline for so long. And so people would ask me a question and I'd be like, I just... Can't make that decision because my brain just literally couldn't go there. And so, just ended up having to take a semester off and, you know, do some counseling, take some time. And it was a real sweet period of time for me of being forced to do nothing by Mm. just doctors and counselors and saying, hey, like you, the literal only thing you can do right now is a slow recharge. And if you try to speed up the process, that's going to get you, you know, in the same position where you started. And so, I was allowed to do up to ten hours a week of life giving work. And so, if it sounded like fun to me, if I was like, "Yes, I want to go do that," I could do it for only up to ten hours a week for a whole um, semester and that was really hard for me and like then i had to unpack why is that hard for me why is it hard for me to stop my doing and to put my, all my doing down and to just be um and to sit with that and you know why is that hard and is it you know, my feelings of not wanting to look lazy? Is it my feelings of, you know, wanting to get stuff done? And why do I want to get stuff done? And why can't I let leave things undone? And so it was a lot of unpacking and a lot of counseling and a lot of learning uh, who I am, and then rebuilding a new normal that wasn't going to burn me out. Mm -hmm. And so it was learning, you know, what things are life giving? And how do I add them back in? You know, what things do I have to do? Because I'm a human and an adult, you know, and adding them back (laughs) in and um, just really carefully choosing the pieces that went back in it reminds me of what we all did after the pandemic when the world shut Mm -hmm. down we had nothing to do and we had all this free time and then we said okay now i get to choose what i add back in and i think some of us were so quick to rush back in as fast as possible to get back to a normal that didn't exist anymore i think if we could look back and remember on that time you know it's rose colored glasses now where we're like, Oh, we had all this free time at home. It was beautiful. I mean, it was very stressful. It was a very hard time. But we also like got everything stripped away, no extracurriculars, no meetings, no this, no that. And then we got to kind of choose like what got to go back in. And so I think I've had a lot of practice and the choosing and the curating and moments of time where just situationally, I've gone back to ground zero and said, Okay, everything's wiped clean. Now I add back in. Mm-hmm. what matters and what's important and what's healthy and what's good for me.
1: Mm, I've never heard that story before. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So no one would want to find themselves with clinical <laughs> burn- burnout no. with a doctor literally saying like, you're done, you're tapping out. Um, but I could also see some people, the same way we look at at the pandemic with rose colored glasses is like, I would love to wipe the sink clean mm. and start fresh, what is the proxy for that? Or what is a way to simulate that when you're not actually going to tap out for a semester?
0: Yeah. I think I talked about this the last time I was on your podcast. So sorry if you're an OG listener, but for me, it's just, it's a lot of like, I call it seven layers of why it's like, if I'm about to do something, it's asking myself, okay, why am I doing this? Okay. I'm signing my kids up for tennis lessons. Why? Because I want them to have exercise. Why? Because that's good for them. Why? Because that, you know, and then you get seven layers in and you realize if it's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, I really should clean my house every Monday. Why? Well, because it needs to be clean. Why? Because adults are clean. Why? Well, because this. Why? And at the end of that, that one for me gets down to I'm afraid of, like, people thinking I'm out of control and I'm not clean. And, like, it's a belief I have regarding other people, not myself. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we throw that one out. And we don't clean every Monday, you know, we make up a different schedule, you know, and so just asking myself, like, why am I adding this one back in? And is mm-hmm. it sometimes it's a yes. And sometimes it's a no. Sometimes the thing is totally worth it. But sometimes we're like, this is a should and I really need to stop shooting all over myself and kick <laughs> this one out. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what would you say for people who want to resist even that level of sort of like self-exploration sometimes people say like i should clean the house every monday and people and and you'll say why and people say like well because i have to and that's like the end of the why's, and you say why again and they're like well because i have to you know (laughs) and and there's a real like defense Mm -hmm. sometimes built up in people to be willing to let things go
0: yeah i don't know maybe you should talk to somebody (laughs)
1: Maybe. I mean, honestly, that's not terrible advice. I think about it in the context of self compassion because mm-hmm. I think that this, like seven whys, is a really compassionate exercise, mm-hmm. but it's that doesn't make it easy or fun. Yeah you know and I'm really personally right now unlocking a lot of the things about like our common rhetoric about Mm self-care are these things that feel easy or feel like a win but they don't really necessarily give our battery a full recharge Mm -hmm. to go back to what you said before Mm -hmm. is it might it's like the difference between charging your phone with like a portable battery pack and the difference between like plugging your phone and leaving it overnight Mm -hmm. we we want to escape we want to like we want to cut ties from this thing and And so what we do is we like book a spa day, Mm -hmm. but what we really need are personal boundaries Mm -hmm. in our life so that we don't need to escape our own lives to feel rested and rejuvenated. Or we feel like me that need to like achieve things to show people that we're good or Mm -hmm. to feel safe that we're good to get that temporary cognitive relief. But what we really need is this like self-compassion is like, I'm enough no matter where I mm-hmm. show up. Yeah or we need to optimize everything. We want everything to feel like it's been figured out and it's working. And it's giving us what we need, it's giving us time to ourselves, but really, it's just giving us time to optimize something else in our life. And what we really need there is a sense of values, a sense Mm -hmm. of like, what matters? You know, who am I and what matters? Why am I optimizing all the time, everything all the time? Like, I'm not really sure what's important if everything is important, right? right? And so those, like, four domains, but but what I'm wondering is I feel like even when I say to people, like, you don't need escape, you need boundaries, they're like, screw that, I'll just stick with escape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> escape does seem less terrifying than setting boundaries, and I don't know why.
1: Well, I think it's because, again, it's that the benefits of the boundaries in the long game come with a couple of trade-offs. They mm-hmm. come with a couple of, like, potential caveats. Mm-hmm. The escape probably doesn't. Or maybe it's like a it's like this. It's less of an emotional trade off. It's more of a like practical practical trade off. Like you you have the money or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the boundaries, it's like you have the emotional resilience or you don't. And that's like just like a general. I don't know. I'm just kind of like talking that out loud as we <laughs> as we sort of like sit here. That's your next podcast is talking yeah, out loud. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> talking out- <laughs> all every episode really is talking out loud. <laughs> All right, Steph. Thanks for chatting with me today. Yeah, I'm really curious to continue to, you know, be in your DMs about these aspirational to-dos and uh, (laughs)
0: keep sending me recipes to try.
1: Can I keep? So I was going to ask you, are you okay if I keep sending you recipes? Of Um, course. I know that doesn't stress you out. So
0: no, I love it. I welcome them all. I want to see them. (laughs) I want to feel like I can do them. I want to tuck them away for a time when (laughs) I start my next series on. Join me as I work through my saved list. (laughs)
1: Steph, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, where can listeners find you if they want more of the, more of your joy?
0: Yeah, I'm on Instagram at
1: Stefsky S-T-E-F-F-S-K-I, and sharing the chaos there. Beautiful. Fantastic. Uh, I really appreciate you having having you on the show today and everyone else thank you so much for listening um steph and i we know your time is precious and valuable to you and we really appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us uh steph it was so great to see your face live and in real time i love it it was wonderful <laughs> all right everybody my name is aaron thank you so much for listening don't forget you're doing such such a good job stephanie you're doing a good job you're doing a great job i love you very much and i'll talk to you again soon bye Thanks so much for listening to Medium Lady Talks, created and produced by me, Erin Vandeven. If you want more of the general vibe, gratitude, and encouragement from this episode, please come and find me on Instagram at medium.lady. And since you've made it to the end, I'd love to get to know you even better. Screenshot this episode so you can share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me so that we can chat. Thanks for listening. Remember, you're doing such a good job your place in this world can only be filled by you. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.